Father God, we thank you so much that you are our alleluia, that we love you and we find so much consolation in you. We praise and worship you and we ask you today to continue teaching us how to pray. <clears throat> in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So last night, just before I went to bed, I got a text from a dear friend. She lives in the New Jersey area where they've been very hard hit with the virus. And she didn't say hello in her text. She just said, I'm so tired. <clears throat> I wrote back and I said, I can only imagine how tired you are. <clears throat> My friend, her name is Bernice. She is a single mom. She escaped from a very abusive marriage and she has two children. Her boy is about 13 years old and her girl is about 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> she said, Linda, I'm living in a hotel now. I can't go home. I can't take this home to my children. And I asked her, who's staying with your kids? And she said, no one. So her, home, her children are homeschooling themselves and she is going in every day and caring for people who are very, very sick, many of them dying, and then she's caring for their bodies after they have died. This is not the way she expected her prayers to be answered. We talked yesterday about answered and unanswered prayers. And unanswered prayers are the prayers that we pray that are not answered the way we hope are really hard for us. They challenge our faith. We love it when God says yes. When he gives us exactly what our hearts desire, we celebrate with him. But there are those times when he tells us no or he allows us to go through things that are really dark. And sometimes our experience seems to contradict the scripture that we're going to look at today and other promises too. So let's look at Luke 11, 9 to 10. So I say to you, <clears throat> ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened this teaching was also given to us in matthew matthew 7 7 to 8 and you and i know that when something is repeated in scripture it's very important and so we need to pay attention to it this promise seems to roll out the red carpet for us ask and it will be given you seek and you will find and knock and the door will be open to us we feel like it's so promising so easy, these are simple steps, it seems so sure. And yet this promise doesn't always meet our expectations. So what is Jesus saying to us? What is he wanting to teach us? We need to look at the context of this promise to help us to understand that. In Matthew, these verses come two thirds of the way through his Sermon on the Mount. This sermon was Jesus' teaching for us to understand what his kingdom's like and how we are to live his kingdom culture's way. This sermon gives us so many instructions about how we are to live. 
how we are to live as his kingdom seekers and as his kingdom followers. And I'm going to go through these very much like a bullet point, but I'm going to go through these because I want us to see and remember how dense this teaching is, how rich it is. His instructions ask us to um, consider being salt and light, to be reconciled with each other, to live righteously and remove anything that keeps us from living God's way, to not divorce, to let our yeses be yes and our noes be no, to give our shirt away, and if we're asked, even our coat, to go the extra mile to love our enemies. In the sermon, he also teaches us how to give, how to pray, how to fast, and how to store up treasures in heaven. Jesus tells us to not be worried, to seek his kingdom first, to not judge, or throw our pearls before swine. And then he comes to the teaching that we're going to look at today. After all of that, he says, ask, seek, and knock. And then he continues, he continues to um, teach us how we are to treat others, to give us a warning that the gate to his kingdom is narrow, to be aware of false prophets, he concludes the Sermon on the Mount with these words. Therefore, everyone who hears all of these words of mine and acts on all of these words of mine may be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock. There are a lot of words. There are a lot of instructions here. A lot of us um, just can't hardly take in all that Jesus is asking us to do here, but this is his invitation for us to live his kingdom culture way. So when we focus on the instructions to ask, to seek, to knock, we have to remember that they're in this giant context of this sermon that is so rich and so complete in its teaching of how we should live his kingdom culture's way. His instructions were meant to be followed in whole, not in part. The asking, seeking, knocking are only part of his sermon, part of what we as his followers are to do. And it is from our identity as his kingdom followers, kingdom dwellers, kingdom seekers, who strive to live all of these teachings that we practice this discipline of prayer. And he says, when we live this way, this complete way, this complete whole package way, we are wise. We are wise people. For more of the context background, let's go ahead and look at how Luke presents his prayer. Luke often presents Jesus' teaching in the context of stories, of what was happening in Jesus' life when he gave a teaching. And Luke 11 begins with Jesus praying and then being asked by his disciples to be taught how to pray. And these words come out of that very specific teaching time on how to pray. They wanted to know how to pray, and Jesus answered. These contexts are so important for us because they help us to realize that this extravagant promise to ask, seek, and knock was set in a sermon that describes whole kingdom living and was in, the res in response to a desire to be taught to prayer. So before we even start looking at this promise, we need to check our hearts. Are we really kingdom seekers? Do we really want to live God's kingdom culture way? And 
do we want to learn how to pray? Is this desire to ask, seek, and not coming out of a desire to really know how to pray? We receive this promise if our desire is to live God's kingdom's culture way, and if we desire to learn how to pray. So we can ask ourselves, do I desire to live all of his ways? Do I want to really learn how to pray? And in the sermon, Jesus is describing a life of faith, right? He's inviting us to obedience, to have courage, to sacrifice, to love, to forgive, to honor and respect. He's describing following Jesus and living for him in a way that is far beyond, far beyond anything that you or I are capable of doing on our own. And it's from this setting of living a huge kingdom of God kind of life that Jesus is inviting us to ask, seek, and knock. So are we ready to learn? Are we ready to embrace that whole kingdom living? I hope so. Let's look at ask together. One of the things that this promise emphasizes is that Jesus is okay with our asks. He wants us to ask. After all, when the disciples asked to be taught how to pray, Jesus happily, gladly taught them how to pray. He said yes to that request. And in that prayer that he taught them to pray, he taught them to ask for their daily bread. He taught them to ask for forgiveness. He taught them to ask to not be led into temptation. He taught them to ask for his kingdom to come, to be able to live his kingdom way, to be delivered from evil. The Sermon on the Mount was the center of Jesus's teaching on the Lord's Prayer. He was inviting them to live into that sermon, those teachings, the truth of that sermon. Scripture gives us many more examples of asks. James teaches that we may ask for wisdom and God will gladly give it to us. Philippians 4, 6-7 tells us that we are to let our requests be made known to God. And 1 John 5, 14-15 tells us that God hears us when we ask. In Matthew's context, it makes so much sense that Jesus would invite us to ask. The Sermon on the Mount is so filled with instructions that he knows we cannot possibly live on our own. We need his help. We need his strength. We need his teaching. We need his instruction. We need his indwelling Holy Spirit to be able to live this way. We need him to breathe into us the very strength that we need to, to live this kind of way. He knows we need to ask. He knows that we don't even know how to pray, so he encourages us to ask to be taught to pray. He encourages us to ask over and over again. Seek. What does seek look like? From the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What will be added? This promise comes right after Jesus told us to not worry about our life, what will we eat, what we will wear. He wants us to remember that we're like the birds of the air who obviously he cares for them, and so he's going to care for us. He's told us that when we seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, our basic needs are going to be met. So if our basic needs, our everyday needs, are promised to be met, do we need to seek them? 
they are already promised to us. So I wonder if seeking God and his kingdom and his righteousness are what we are to be seeking. If this is the invitation he is giving us to seek him and his righteousness. And if we seek those things, will we find them? The promise says that we will, which is wonderful. In his teachings, Jesus made sure that we understood that if people are seeking his kingdom, we would find it. People would find it because he gave the example of the shepherd, remember, looking for his lost sheep and finding it. The woman who lost the coin and couldn't find it but searched until she found it and then celebrating when she found it. These people are our examples. They are the teachings that God gave us, that Jesus gave us, so that we would know that when we seek something of his, we will find it. When we have so many things that we would like to seek, Jesus is asking us to narrow our focus and to seek his kingdom, to seek him first. So we can ask, are we, are we sincerely, are we really, not just saying the words, but are we really seeking after him, his righteousness, his kingdom? A quick glance of our life will show us if we are. We've got all kinds of clues laying around our lives, our calendars, our checkbooks, the things we have in our house, the things that we occupy in our mind. They tell us whether or not we're really seeking after God. Do you know what you are seeking? What is the thing that grasps your imagination, that keeps you seeking? Is it God? It's so easy for us to give lip service to, of course, that's what we're seeking. But we can ask the Holy Spirit to examine our hearts and to show us what are we really seeking? What do we want most of all? Do we have any other gods before our God? If we are seeking God's kingdom, then we will want to live Jesus' teaching from the Sermon on the Mount. If we are seeking and finding his kingdom, his righteousness, we will experience his abundant life that Jesus came to give us. That's tied to his promise that if we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. We will find all that he has for us, which includes his abundant life. Are we seeking? God invites us to seek his kingdom and his righteousness before we seek anything else. Let's make sure that is our top seek. Let's look at the word knock. We have all knocked on doors, both literally and figuratively. We knock on a door and we assume that somebody is on the other side of that door. We assume that somebody is going to be glad to see us. They're going to open the door and let us in. We knock with hope. We knock with expectation. We knock because we realize that we are on the outside and we want to be invited in. When Jesus invites us to ask, seek, and knock, he is encouraging us to do three things that are infused with hope. We wouldn't ask without the hope of receiving. We wouldn't seek without the hope of finding. We wouldn't knock without the hope of the door being open. There's no point of knocking on a forever closed door. The door, Jesus says, will be opened if we knock on it. You and I can be complacent, even timid about knocking on doors. It can be hard to apply for new positions, to engage in a new relationship, to take on different responsibilities. 
we have prayerfully asked for these things. We pray for that new job. We seek a new relationship. We want to grow in our responsibilities, but we freeze when it comes time to actually doing something to make these things happen. Jesus encourages us to complete the steps of asking and seeking by knocking. Think about it when you go to a friend's house. First, we ask for directions, and then we follow them. We actually seek our friend's home. And once we arrive at our destination, we don't just sit in the car and look at our friend's house. No, we get out of the car. We walk up the sidewalk. We knock on the door, expecting to be let in, to be welcomed. Asking and seeking and knocking, it's a natural progression. We don't stop with asking, we seek. We don't stop with seeking, we knock. We get out of the car, we walk up the sidewalk, and we knock on the door. Now I want to take it from the top again and go through these words again. Ask. When we ask God something, his, his answer to us often starts by revealing what's really in our hearts. You see, our requests, our asks, often reveal what's in our heart. They show us our heart's priorities, our heart's desires. Our requests often reveal to us what we really believe about God and what we really believe about ourselves and our surroundings. Our asks aren't always just about God's kingdom or seeking after him or his righteousness, and that's okay. God invites us to pray about all things in all seasons. But it's the way we hold those things. Are we asking them as if we're beggars? That we're not really trusting God to have his will in these people's lives or in our concerns? Sometimes we ask, and we ask in ways that sound more like a spoiled child who's confused God with Santa Claus. Sometimes our asks sound very desperate, worried, without faith, without hope. We just want God to do what we want to do. We want to tell him what to do. Sometimes our asks are very grasping. They reveal how worried we are, how afraid we are. Sometimes our asks are full of bitterness and cynicisms. When our asks are this way, we need to pay attention. It's, it's not horrible that these are our asks that God is showing us our heart. He wants our hearts to be purified, to draw closer to him. And so when our asks reveal the state of our heart, we need to pay attention. Because God is revealing our hearts to us. He's allowing us to see the true state of our heart. We can at that point realize our incredible need for him. And now we know our real ask our truest desire, our deepest need, our most authentic request is Him. He is what we need the most. He is our ask. Seek. From this place of knowing that God is our greatest need, we seek Him. We seek His righteousness. We seek His kingdom. How are we doing at seeking God? We seek so many other things in our daily lives. How are we doing at seeking after the Lord? Many of us have practices that we use to help us seek after God, our 
quiet times, our Bible memory, our prayer times. And these are, are things, practices, disciplines that God can use to transform us and to help us to seek him. But sometimes we practice these disciplines, these practices by rote, just getting through them, checking them off of the box. Yes, I had my QT today. Sometimes life interrupts us in our spiritual practices with real needs and real distractions that we have to pay attention to. But even in those real needs and those real distractions, we can still seek the Lord, can't we? We can still have an awareness that he is present and we can still be in prayer. We can still be seeking him. Knock. After inviting us to discover our true ask and to seek him, Jesus is inviting us to get out of ourselves. To get out of ourselves. Jesus is inviting us to get out of ourselves and to walk up to his kingdom's narrow pathway and knock on his kingdom door, expecting to be invited in and welcomed every day, every moment. Yes, we are his children. We are secure in that. But we don't always live in his presence. We sometimes forget to go into his presence, to seek his kingdom, to live his kingdom's way, to be aware that he is with us. He is always with us, but are we always with him? Can we get out of ourselves and walk up to his kingdom's door and knock on it, expecting to be welcomed in? Asking, seeking, and knocking take place in this incredible holy moment of discovering the state of our heart, who we really are, what our real need really is, what our heart's desire really is, what is our, our heart's top desire, and who our God is. This incredible holy moment comes when we ask, seek, and knock. It is a holy moment of wanting his kingdom to come into our lives and into the lives of all the people that we love. It is a holy moment of realizing that this God that we love and worship wants us to ask, to seek, to knock. Jesus knew this really well. When he invited us to ask, seek, and knock, he was speaking from experience. Because after all, he said in Luke 12, 50, but I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it, was it will be accomplished. Jesus had a job here on this earth that was very difficult for him. If you read that whole passage, you realize that he was asked to do things that were really hard and very, very stressful. He asked to be relieved from the cross. He was told no. He died on the cross for us. He felt abandoned on that cross. And still, from that place of knowing that, of experiencing that, he asks us, he asks us to follow his example, to ask, seek, and knock after God's kingdom, after God himself, after God's righteousness. God invites us to ask, seek, and knock so that he might answer, be found, and open the door to his abundant kingdom life. There is so much more to this promise to ask, seek, and knock 
to ask and it will be given, to seek and you will find, to knock and the door will be opened. But this is a start for us to more seriously consider how we can ask, seek, and knock in our prayer life. How we can more fully accept Jesus' invitation to live into his kingdom culture's way, the Sermon on the Mount. This is a very tough time for many of us, and we're facing so many ups and downs of life. And at some point, we're probably, each one of us, each one of us questioning prayer at this point. How do I pray about this? How do I seek after God in this situation? Some of us have wrestled at this point in time or in the past with doubt and anger, bitterness, or cynicism. And ladies, this is okay. This is our holy moment to recognize the state of our heart and to come to God in that place and seek him. To seek him, his presence, his righteousness, his kingdom culture's way in our lives. This is a moment of worship, of total surrender to our Father who wants us to pray, who welcomes us when we worship and when we ask to be taught how to pray. We don't know how to pray today. We don't know how to pray about the circumstances that we're facing today. We act like we know how to pray. We just waltz right into it and we pray. But Jesus is asking us, inviting us, welcoming us to ask to be taught to pray, to seek him above all, and to knock on his kingdom culture's door. So I would like to ask you to invite the Holy Spirit to examine and reveal your heart to you. I'd ask you to think about the question I asked the very first day, where are you with God and prayer? Have you been stuck anywhere with prayer over this last year, in this last period of time? Is your greatest desire to seek him and his kingdom and live his way? Now is a moment when we can ask God about our spiritual life and our prayer life. We can seek his understanding. We can seek his perspective. We can walk into his kingdom way of praying with faith. I've given you a prayer resource today. It's on, in your retreat notebook. It's the song, Here I Am to Worship. And the words are written down the page for you. Because what I'd like to invite you to do is define each of those words over and over and over again. Because as you go through this exercise, the words' definitions will change as you think about different aspects of your life. Here, what is your here right now? My here is Southside Chicago one of the epicenters of the virus, where every day we're hearing of someone losing a loved one. That's my here. Who am I right now in that place? I am a woman who is grieving. I am a woman who is sometimes afraid, not of getting sick myself, but I'm afraid for the people I know who are on the front lines of the health industry doing all that they can to help people while feeling completely unprotected and overwhelmed. Who am I? In this here, in that identity, I am to, I hear that as a command, I am to worship. What does worship look, look like in my here from this identity? Worship, how do I worship? 
how do you worship in your here, in your particular identity right now? How do you worship? How do you say you, who is you, are? What does that mean that he is are? He is alive. My personal, my personal God. So I would invite you to spend some time going through that song and just really examining your heart and considering how do you ask, how do you seek, how do you knock, how do you receive, how do you find, how do you find yourself welcomed in, the door open for you. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you for this opportunity that I have had to just be able to um, share my heart with these women. This isn't the ideal setting, and it isn't the setting that we had desired and hoped for. And yet we still ask, and we seek, and we knock, expecting you to do your work in our hearts and in our lives, to teach us how to live your kingdom culture's way. Thank you. Amen.